drink beer, think beer. You're listening to Brood Bloods. I prefer to think that God is not dead, just drunk. That from Hollywood director, actor, and screenwriter, John Houston. Houston Welcome to Hudson. No, it's, it's Houston. It's okay. Houston. Definitely okay. Houston, not Hudson. Yeah. Not okay. related to me. Yeah, hey, episode uh, 71 of the Brew Bloods. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for listening once again. If it's your first time, you should subscribe to the show. It's very free. That was should subscribe. You should subscribe to the show. It's very free. Uh, you can he, find he all just drank a four pack of uh, dogfish at twenty one ounce <laughs> or twenty one percent IPAs. You mean one twenties? Twenty one percent. Moving on. Uh, they don't have those oh. anymore. Okay, eighteen percent. All right, all right. Get it right. God, right. I forgot about last. Uh, last you know, week. I already told you you're off the show. I don't need any more words from you. <laughs> I don't need that. You're off the show now. Fair enough. I'll see you later. Welcome to episode uh, 71 of the show. Uh, if you don't subscribe to the show, you should. Just uh, go to brewbloods.net. All the links to subscribe to the show are there, and it doesn't cost you one single red penny. Just uh, put it in your podcast player. Uh, no blue either. No no pennies of any shade like or red varietal. penny may be racist. I don't know what you're saying there. What do you mean? I, f- I feel like that's like uh, talking about Indians or something. Well, why would you think that? I don't know, because I know you. I don't know where you're Because you know from. me? I know where your uh, attitude comes from. Right at one, one red cent. Is that any better? <laughs> no, that's not good. <laughs> I don't know where it comes from. It's just uh, something I heard growing up, but I don't think it's racist. <laughs> from your racist uncle? I think it's just, yes, my racist, yeah. <laughs> my racist uncle. Just anyway, one. moving on from racism. Uh, moving, on from Dustin, moving on from uh, Dustin's racism. From yeah, episode racism, 71. From Mark's racism. Anyways, yeah. subscribe to the show. It'll help you. Or subscribe. Or subscribe. So... Let's talk about Sierra Nevada. <laughs> Sierra They're, Nevada, a very solid craft beer. Uh, they are one yes. of the uh, grandfathers of the craft beer industry, and uh, well, we're well, from Sierra Nevada. Well, our sales are down four percent year over year. We've been around a long time. We're about since to nineteen and eighty. <laughs> nineteen and eighty. Nineteen and eighty zero. Now they are definitely a grandfather of craft beer. Yes, they There's are. No doubt about it. There's no doubt that they're walking with a cane. Probably have a hover around a rude rooter. And I still support them. They come uh, out with course. some very solid beers. Of course. Of There's course. nothing wrong with a uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale when you have nothing else to go for. Yeah, if you're, if you're stopped at a, a one-horse town and there's one gas station and they have Sierra as opposed to your Bud Lights or your Coors Lights. Very good Keystones, choice. Go for the Sierra go Nevada. For the Sierra every Nevada. Time. Absolutely. You're rooting tootin' absolutely. Well, they're having some uh, money troubles, as it were. Some they're, problems. Problems. Their sales are down 4% year over year. And it's because they're facing a lot of competition from other craft brewers, no surprise. And being the grandfather, well, the uh, their mainstays, their flagships, like your Sierra You've Nevada been around, old man. Yeah. I don't want you anymore, old man. Yeah, man. We're too cool for you, man. We see any words like cool and hip. And we want the new beers, man. Man. Everything's man, were man. You, were you brewed in 2016? Man. Did you create it like last month? If not, yeah, man. forget you, man. You're old. You're old. If you're not dry hopped, you're old, man. <laughs> and that's the problem is everybody's like, man, man. That's sad. Would you Sierra Nevada beer, man. Is solid. They Sierra are Nevada solid. They some good beers. But the problem is, as we talked about, everybody saying, man, yeah. they just want the new hotness, man. That's like our millennial impression. Yeah. Man. That's, that's while the, the hipsters like Javi talk is, man, man. No one is, knows who that is. But yeah. yeah, he was on our Pumpkinator show. They know who yeah, that is. Yeah, true. If you don't go back and listen to that show. Uh, but uh, yeah, all these uh, freaking ha- uh, craft beer hipsters want the new hotness, man. They don't really care about the, the stalwarts, the flagships. They they care about obtaining the latest uh, beer brewed with uh, pumpernickel and wild uh, wild rabbit bones or something. 
Well, that sucks because their hemisphere uh, line is very good. Their celebration is very good. Uh, they have they have some really good stuff. And like I said, even their even their generic pale ale, quote unquote generic, not it's not a bad beer. It's not no, a bad it's not. beer at all. And there, we, re- we reviewed that at some point. I can't remember. That that would take research to look what episode it was. I'm not going to do that. But no. it was some it was somewhere on the feed. It's going to require an entire staff to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And we're not hiring them. That's up to you to crowdfund us. We got rid of all those guys. Right. Can't afford them anymore. No, too we can't. much gambling debt. We cannot afford. Right. Them. There's too much uh, too much gambling. Now uh, I've lost the uh, who's going to overdose first contest uh, six times in a row. We actually we can't afford the, that anymore. We actually bet the staff on a long shot trifecta, yeah. and we lost them. So they're gone. Yeah, and we did. We lost them in North Korea. Yeah, exactly. North Korean horses. Who knows what's happening to them? All bred by uh, Kim Jong Un. It's probably bad. It's probably, probably bad. Yeah. Whatever's happening. You know to what? Them. For once, Kim Jong Un, the the Kim Jong family. Yeah. Uh, you know, supposedly had eighteen holes in one in a golf course once, and uh, nobody believed that. But he said, you know what? My horses, my personally bred Kim, uh, Kim Jong horses, are going to beat yours every what, single time. What, what was that thing you almost said there? Kim Jong. What did I? I don't know. What did I? What did I no idea. It sounded a little racist, so... Uh, Kim Jong Horses? I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. Uh, but guess what? For once, he was right. We put up... We personally bred uh, 18 horses. We gave them all cocaine. We gave them all uppers. A little bit of meth. And they still all lost to the Kim Jong Horses. Yeah. Who horses? Who horses? So we had a staff member for each horse, and they're, yes. they're yeah. all gone. They're all gone. They're all... They're now living in uh, North Korean detention camps. So now you'll have even less research than you had before, That's which right. is already That's limited. Right. This That's is going right. to be terrible. Going to be terrible. But uh, Sierra Nevada, they're having trouble growing their uh, flagship beers like the Pale Ale. But you do have to consider. It's been around since 80. Yeah. You've been around a long time. How yeah. much do you expect to grow it when the whole craft beer industry is exploding? I mean, you, at some point, you have to understand that you need to compensate with other versions or other new beers and that's what they're trying to do i will be a little i will be i am a little surprised (laughs) because i read in this article it says that the uh regular pale ale is down 5.8 percent and that the torpedo extra ipa is down nine i would actually thought that would be doing better you would think because they even say in this article that ipas are now considered an entry point for new craft beer drinkers which i am very surprised by that really okay yeah I, i don't believe that that's what sierra nevada says i don't believe that uh that because a lot of people don't come into it wanting bitter, right? Uh, they're it's something you have to warm up to. I don't believe that stat. I think that's them trying to uh, spin things, Put, putting things in the uh, spin zone. And we're in the no spin zone. Yeah, we're in the no spin zone here. We're we're unspinning, right? So uh, beginning January one, twenty seventeen, Sierra Nevada will launch three new beers. Uh, one is the Sidecar Orange Pale Ale. Comes in at five point three percent. It's a pale ale uh, based on the original pale ale recipe but brewed with oranges, and they hope that uh, this will generate interest from people who are looking for a lighter, more fruity beer, that especially be good. in the warmer That season. actually sounds kind of appealing. Uh, yeah, the they said the signature of this beer is citrus and piney notes, and we're also going to add in uh, more of a citrus note and bump it up. What do you think? I think that sounds Yeah, good. it sounds really good, yeah. yeah. Nice, uh, almost sessionable beer that uh, has a more lighter uh, uh, step forward. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And they've actually already used uh, Sidecar with another uh, product, and that uh, cocktails. There's a Sidecar cocktail, so. Oh, okay. But they trademarked it, trademarked it for beer. Uh, they also are releasing the Tropical Torpedo, which is based on their Tropical IPA, which was included as part of the beer camp set, uh, set this year. <clears throat> and it'll be based on that beer. I don't think I had that, actually. Did you? I haven't had it yet, no. Okay. They're going to have a variety of... Well, a variety of variants. They're going to have a number of variants for that beer. Probably not unlike the uh, Ballast Point Sculpin line. Sure. I would guess. 
And then finally, they're going to release a golden IPA, and that's going to be come out in the spring, and is intended to compete with Lagunitas's Little Something Something and Three Floyd's Gumballhead, Gumballhead. Sorry, not Gumball, Gumball, <laughs> Gumball. Yeah. So, hey, at least they're trying. Well, I mean, you know, and we don't get Three Floyds here, so yeah, can't can't, can't attest to that. I have had the uh, Lagunitas Little Something, but. Little something something, excuse me. I forgot a something there. I've had a little something, not a little something something. Yeah. Just the one something. You haven't had the double something? I had not had a double something. Is there a triple something? Uh, I think it's only two something. Something akin to a triple IPA? Can't handle three something. A something something something? Your palate cannot handle three somethings. Yeah. I've I'm, I'm got a strict two something fa- uh, limit on my <laughs> my palate. Exactly. But uh, kudos to Sierra Nevada. Look, you have to, at some point, you have to realize, like, you guys have been out there so long, you have to continue to innovate if you're going to stay. Not remain stagnant, as it were. I'm not surprised right. sales are down. There's so many other beers out there, and there's only more craft breweries coming. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's it's probably hard to compete. You know, being the pale ale that's widely available, it's at every convenience store, it's at every store that you go to, and people probably look at that and they're like, nah, you know, that's that's just a thing that's there. Yeah, and how many people are look- tired of it? How many people are looking for just a straight pale ale these days? Yeah, true. I mean, I I'm not. I I don't really go for it either. Uh, you know, as much as I say I'm kind of sad to see this but at the same time i don't really buy it yeah it's but the, the thing is they're still dominant in the field oh yeah they're still looking they want the new beers to uh their sales expectations are that they will deliver at least 50 percent of the current uh pale ale market i do think they're helping themselves by doing the beer camps though absolutely I think, I think that's a yeah. good thing more steps forward is oh yeah yeah uh well, so it also helps the little breweries that they're you know including in that yeah of course absolutely yeah. Uh, we can applaud ourselves here in the United States because we finally overtook Germany, and not just in World War II, and not just in Space Germany, <laughs> but we've overtaken them in hop pr- uh, production, thanks to Colorado. Um, C- Colorado apparently is an upcomer in the hop production game. Uh, it's always been a lot of times in the uh, Yakima Valley in the Northwest. Sure. Uh, they produce 37,000 acres in the Yakima Valley of hops, roughly. But thanks to uh, the young up the whippersnappers, Colorado... We have now overtaken uh, Germany at 53,000 acres. 50, I'm sorry, 53,213 acres of hops growing just this year alone. That's really not a surprise. Compared to Germany's 45,503 acres. I mean, I mean, Germany doesn't have overly hot beer. I mean, they produce more, or they produce a lot of beers, but they don't really like a lot of hops in their stuff. Yeah, true. In they general. Don't, they don't have quite as much of demand as we do. Yeah, I mean, the IPA demand here, I'm really not surprised. And that is a... Uh, 166% increase just from 2014 to 2016. Just in hot wow. fields alone. Yeah. So, and apparently, according to current sales numbers, that's not even enough to keep up with current demand because we use <laughs> so many hops in our beer, they want you know, even that's more. That's also not a surprise. How many, like, double and triple IPAs are kind yeah, of popular? Of and course. Stuff? I'm, I'm really not surprised. And IPAs are not slowing down at all. I mean, yeah, yeah your, your Gozas and some other styles might be, you know, slowly picking up a little bit of speed, but it's not anywhere close to matching IPAs. Sure. Yeah, so the, apparently there's a number of uh, farmers in uh, Colorado, some of whom were doing raspberries, raspberries, as we talked about before, uh, Michael, or Harvey Feistein, berries, berries. Uh, that have switched over to doing hops. And because there's such a demand for it, they apparently bought some old uh, German hop uh, production equipment and they converted it and modernized it. And so now they're using that in Colorado. No, oh, okay. And uh, they said... And even one guy, one farmer, uh, ABM Bev buys half has half of his production every single year. Has half, has yeah. half, yeah. And then they said uh, a professor in uh, at a CSU said 
Uh, Colorado, there's way more demand than there is supply, without question. We could have thousands and thousands of acres growing here before we could even get close to coming to what our actual demand is. And then on top of that, there's all these breweries up and coming in Colorado. I'm not surprised about that at all, actually. Just the way that we have so many craft breweries opening up, and they all want to do IPAs. I mean, everyone seems to, not everyone, but a lot of them seem to do every single style. And they definitely have an IPA style that will require hops and... My concern would be a shortage, you know, at some yeah. point. Well, we faced that just a while ago. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. uh, we managed to get through it together, holding hands, singing yeah, Kumbaya. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I think as if I were a farmer, personally, if I were if, if, if I were living in here in Texas and I were a farmer, you know, growing vegetables, maybe growing corn. What if you were a carpenter? Uh, <laughs> or that. <laughs> uh, if I were a carpenter. Um, but no, if I were a farmer, I yeah. would, if an, let's say I was dedicated to corn right now. I would maybe consider taking an acre and seeing how well hops did here because if you, I mean, a lot of farmers struggle in this country to get by and they have to live on subsidies alone. And I would strongly consider at least experimenting for one season to see how well they do. And ethanol is going to the side. And ethanol, yeah, ethanol is going to the side. And uh, you have to, if you think about something that's highly valued, it's probably worth looking into at least. I don't know how well crops will do here in. In Texas, I know it requires a sure. special soil, a special combination, but it's worth at least experimenting with to see what you get out of it, and then maybe taking those hops and don't like take, taking a write off, donating to a local brewery, and see what they taste, how the beer comes out. And besides that, you're not dedicated to corn; you're dedicated to porn. Yeah, exactly. So it'd be different for you if I had a porn crop too. Yeah, exactly. If I had a porn farm, <laughs> just I had I had forty acres of people doing bunch each of, other, bunch of Ron Jeremy DVDs. Oh yeah, growing out there. forty acres yeah. of DVDs. <laughs> yeah, growing on my porn trees. <laughs> right, maintained by Jenna Jameson's. Sure. Then I would maybe maybe destroy one of those acres, just set fire to Jim, Jenna Jameson. Right, and maybe put in some hops. Because who hasn't? Yeah, yeah exactly. of course. Yeah. And, you know, like all the tiny little Ron Jeremy's would be screaming, but yeah. that's okay. You're right, though, but I think I think hops also, in addition to the soil, they need that specific environment that they have up in the Northwest, you know, that, that certain Pacific Ocean inflow and yeah, you're probably right. particular temperature and all that kind of stuff. They're kind of particular. Look, uh, I'm, no, kind of particular. I'm no vegetable farmer. Right. I'm only a porn farmer. Right, exactly. And so I only know what it takes to, to grow Cabbage Patch Ron Jeremy's. <laughs> right. I don't, and I only know how to burn Jen, Jen Jameson. I, sure. I only know how to set her on fire. Right. As my uh, one of my ranch hands, but I don't know what it takes to grow hops. I know there's special chemicals in play. But I don't we, think we could pull it off here. I'll just but you know, way. but look, hops are are, are related to, to grapes, and right. uh, we can grow grapes here in this state. That we is have, true. We have uh, many have several vent- wineries. We have several and uh, many venters. So yeah. I don't think it's so far out that we could grow hops here. Maybe you just, could do it in the hill country. Yeah, know, maybe. Perhaps. Maybe. Yeah. And maybe if we get enough rain, I don't know how much water it requires, but I think if I were a farmer, I think I would take a look and say, let me take an acre of my 40 acres of porn and grow one acre of hops just to see how it does. And then donate it to a local brewery and have them make you a beer and see how it turns out. If you were a farmer. If I were a farmer. A vegetable farmer. Right, exactly. Not a porn farmer. Right. I'm only a porn farmer. <laughs> right. I only grow Which is Ron- weird and very specific. Right. Yes. I only grow on Jeremy's and I only have Bang Bus tours. Right, exactly. That's all I do. I know nothing else in this world, but I know that. <laughs> it's a it's passed down from grandfather to father to son many times over. Ever since uh since they landed at Plymouth Rock. I mean that's something to back know, in twelve hundred and ninety eight. That is something you know though. Yeah, it's so it's a skill good. I have. Yeah. It's a skill I have and it's very profitable because I have like fifty stretch limos. Is it? I is run it Naughty very- America. Oh, okay. Well, I am one of the Bang Bros. It doesn't do you very good though, or any good though, because you just stay in the chair. Oh yeah, but I'm still a, I'm still the grandfather Bang Bro. I have right. a beer pipeline in my mouth, pipeline you know straight. I have all the pipelines. 
right in my mouth. But all, all the pipelines. But I can I can afford it. I can afford it because I'm a bang bro. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know if you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth, but <laughs> I don't. We're finally going to talk about a pumpkin beer for this year because finally we've passed Labor Day. There's a crispness to the air. We're into October or Rocktober or maybe October if you're a porn farmer. But we're finally going to allow some pumpkin beers to touch our lips. We're going to talk about a pumpkin beer and we're also going to revisit a brewery that uh, we maybe maybe didn't have the highest opinion of in the past. Right after this. fall is here when Halloween decorations appear and pumpkin ales adorn the aisles of your local bottle shop or grocery store. For those living outside the United States, pumpkin ales are beers that include mashed up or pureed pumpkin in the mash and are spiced with pumpkin pie spices such as ginger, nutmeg, cloves, cinnamon, and or allspice. These beers are typically mild and malty with a slightly thick mouthfeel. Pumpkin ales usually range from 4-7% to ABV, though some are known to go much higher. Don't think that pumpkin beers are just heavily seasoned brown ales. You can find pumpkin pale ales, wheat beers, porters, and stouts. Dating back to at least 1771, during the early colonial era, settlers had little access to traditional brewing ingredients like barley. Forced to use what was available, colonists resorted to using corn, apples, pears, and of course pumpkins. Slowly, over time, pumpkin as a regular beer ingredient disappeared and completely vanished by the early 1900s. During the early days of craft brewing in the 1980s, small breweries started making pumpkin beers as a stunt to get them noticed on a store shelf. Today's pumpkin beers are a far cry from pumpkin ales of yore, which usually contain artificial pumpkin and spice flavors. While originally brewed with pumpkin, pumpkin ales these days are often trying to reproduce a pumpkin pie flavor, rather than real pumpkin. However, we might be seeing a decline in pumpkin usage again, as many brewers cut production in 2016 due to a sharp decrease in demand. Several breweries are shortening their sales window or decreasing the production in order to save this controversial seasonal ale. Love them or hate them, one thing is for sure, Pumpkin Ales boldly announced the fall season, at least for now. So way back in episode thirteen, we, we were took just on kids back then, Mark. We were just kids, just just tots. We just discovered porn. We're pretty just, much just out of high school, right? I just I just inherited the legacy of being a porn farmer, right? Your mother just passed that on to you. Yeah, it was really awkward. <laughs> it was, it was really an awkward transition because you know my my father died in a porn thresher accident. Sure, yeah, he'd been caught caught up in in the Peter North th- uh, thresher, <laughs> and there was just liquid you, everywhere. You don't want to see that thing either. It's crazy. oh yeah, there was liquid. It was, yeah. It was covered in white. Yes. And, uh, yeah, she had to pass on. She passed down. She found an ancient journal under uh, my dad's bed. Yeah. And it was filled with uh, beer recipes and how to, how to farm porn. But that, <laughs> that, was, that was back then. That was when, when we were 13. It's funny how many ancient recipes pass on <laughs> I to know. people. It's weird. Just hidden under beds. Yeah. And back in the day, we reviewed Rogue, and we talked about the Lemon Cruller Ale. We talked about it. We talked we about it. it. We experienced it, and we almost vomited in each other's mouth, and uh, not not in a fun way. I don't know if it was almost. I think we did. Not in a fun way. We may have. You have to go back and listen because we don't even know. Yes, but we decided we we did the chocolate stout after that. And I think we liked it. That was a shorty. Shorty. That was a shorty. Three. So that didn't really count. Doesn't the, really count. Doesn't really count in our official right. log. But it was something we did. It's like one of the site. It's like um in the Star Wars universe. One of the Star Wars books. Yeah, they're yeah. there. They exist. They don't really count though. Yeah. They're part of the expanded universe. That wasn't in canon. In right. canon, we hate Rogue. In canon, we hate Rogue. Yeah. 
But in the extended universe, yeah, there's General Thrawn. There's a, there's uh, a discussion there about Rogue being Rogue. good in the extended yeah. universe, but now we're talking about Rogue. We're talking canon. In canon. And right. so right now our impression, our impression is, man, they had that one terrible lemon cruller. That was awful. Yeah. Worst, one of the worst movies we ever how terrible had. that was? Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah. That was right up there with like the Shiner birthday uh, stout and stuff. Yeah. It was terrible. It was terrible. But today we decided we're going to give them another chance. In official canon. In official canon, Yes. yes. And we're going to talk about uh, being the. It's crisp outside. We're wearing blazers uh, with patches on the elbows. It's uh, leaves are falling. Uh, Dustin is uh, dressed up in his normal fall uh, jack o' lantern costume. It's a blazer uh, with a little emblem on it. Yeah, you know, with a nice little tie. On, on when he gets like khaki he, pants. You know. When he gets freaky with the wife, he likes to dress up like the Great Pumpkin. But that's not for here. That's or, for later. Or you know, like like one of the kids from uh, you know whatever that old Robin Williams movie is. I was going to say Goodwill Hunting. But that's not right. Dead Poet Society. You know, no. it's like one of the Dead Poet Society kids <laughs> with the official school uniform. You know, it's it's that kind of look. Yeah. So because we're, it's fall, you have to wear a jacket and a tie. Pre labor or pre labor day, we don't let uh, pumpkin pass these lips, even though they try to force them down. You have to jacket on for fall. Yeah. When 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 you pass Labor Day, you go jacket on, not right. jacket off, right. and you. Start pouring pumpkin down your throat. Absolutely. Now, some would say that the pumpkin industry has gotten out of control. It's there's pumpkin everything now. There's pumpkin Which, condoms. One of your uh, one of your actual heroes, Anthony Bourdain, says that. Yeah, I, I'm, he hates I'm, pumpkin spice. He, I don't hate pumpkin spice. He said it should choke on its own blood. That was his quote. <laughs> well, I I understand his position because it's yeah. gone it's gone too far. They've crossed the line, as our mayor likes to say. Yeah. Uh, there's too there's too much pumpkin condoms, pumpkin chapstick, pumpkin sunscreen, pumpkin sausage, pumpkin sausage. No. No pumpkin spice sauce. Uh, pumpkin, me, pumpkin, uh, double pumpkin, pump, pumpkin. Uh, but I will say, to Rogue's credit, they were one of the original. Uh, they were in the frontier of pumpkin spice. They were. They were uh, Lewis and/or Clark of pumpkin spice. Sure. They started this a long time ago, back as an experimental batch. And we're talking about the pumpkin patch ale, which was formerly the Chateau Rogue uh, pumpkin Chateau patch ale. Ol- when they started their their farms back in the day, their pumpkin. Uh, pumpkin farms they started with 42 acres of pumpkins yes and they they increase that every single year now i couldn't find any numbers about uh how many acres they're sitting on now but they're sitting on something more than 42 acres of pumpkins it's at least 43 and it's not porn pumpkins like me it's just straight up pumpkins oh yeah you don't want you don't want you don't want his pumpkins yeah mine are they're nasty mine are plumpkins not pumpkins oh yeah I mean, some of you may want it but the majority of you won't look if you want a pumpkin come to my pumpkin farm uh, forty-two acres of plumpkins. Email him at mark at the mark dot com, <laughs> right? And then he'll he'll get you a plumpkin. Just Google plumpkin. Yeah. Go to Urban Dictionary, right. and then come to my farm. Go to plumpkin dot com, <laughs> and you'll find my. Uh, we'll we'll send you a plumpkin. Don't do it at work though. No, no, no. It'd I mean, be bad. Idea. You might get in trouble. Yeah. But uh, they're not doing pumpkins. Rogue is doing pumpkins. Right. And so apparently they uh, they harvest their pumpkins and they immediately take them to fresh from the patch, load them on a truck, drive them seventy-seven miles to Newport, Oregon, and they roast them and. Put them in the brew kettle, and then from there comes the pumpkin patch ale. Now they also have the grow your own pumpkin patch ale, which I think is an organic uh, or, uh, pumpkin ale. That's not what we're talking about. We're, we're talking, talking about, about the one. we're talking about the one, the Flint, Michigan pumpkin <laughs> uh, patch ale. Now, just to revisit, uh, I know we've talked about these before, but some of their top beers that they have out there. It's the Rogue Dead Guy Ale that everyone knows. Uh, that one's been reviewed almost four thousand times. That's an eighty-eight and uh, ninety-nine in style. Uh, the Rogue Hazelnut Brown Nectar Brown Ale, which is really overly named, uh, <laughs> 96 and 100 in style. Uh, the Rogue Chocolate Stout, which we did review in a shorty. Gets Doesn't a, count. Gets a 99 and a 99 in style. Uh, the Shakespeare Oatmeal Stout Stout, which is really weird and overly named, uh, that has a 99 and 100 in, sti- in uh, style. 
the Mocha Porter, 93. Um, you know, and it goes on and on. Most of their stuff is above 85, 86. So a lot of their top reviewed beers are rated really high. The Lemon Cruller might have been an outlier. That's that's what it, might, it might have been. I mean, I, I applaud their uh, willingness to experiment. Sure. I mean, much like we do Even in a field. Yeah, you know. like, like in my uh, porn farm, we experiment a lot. Sure, and yeah. good for them for doing that. Uh, oh, and God, they are so much experimentation <laughs> out there. Like the uh, like Dogfish last week, they also are one of the grandfathers like, of the industry. I'm not a prude or anything, but the experiment the experimentation that goes on in his farm, it's going to burn into your eyes. Well, Let's just put it that way. Sometimes uh, someone needs a dinosaur costume just to get things kind of excited. Uh, you know, and that's just the that's just. You don't want to dig any deeper. That's as deep as we need to go. Wait, you don't want to see uh, uh, Chris Pratt and Blue from Jurassic World get it on? <laughs> you're telling me you don't want to see that. You're telling me you don't want to see that. I'm telling you I don't I want to see it. I think you're wrong. I I'm think telling you're wrong. you I've seen it, and I don't want to see it. I want to unsee it, but I can't unsee it. That's uh, blue, is the, blue is the most dinosaur color. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but right. I, I've seen that. Yes, and it's it's nasty. Yeah, it's nasty, uh, for sure. There's all there's, it's a scat film. Let's just leave it. Yeah, that's and leave it at that. That's we, <laughs> we don't need to go any further. So much dinosaur poop. Yes, uh, but let's find out about the the real history of Rogue Ales and Spirits. Rogue Ales and Spirits was started in 1988 by Jack Joyce, Rob Strasser, and Bob Woodell in Ashland, Oregon, the last town you hit before crossing over into California from Oregon. The original brew pub had only 60 seats, and the brewery itself was built beneath it in the basement. In 1989, they considered opening a second brew pub in Newport, a coastal fishing town southwest of Portland. They were skeptical about starting a full brewery, but when they met Mo Niemi, a restaurant owner who wanted to start and live above a brew pub, they were convinced. In 1989, Rogue started building Rogue's Bayfront Brew Pub. Rogue prides itself on being a David to the macro brewery's Goliath, and wants to be successful without being, quote, big, bureaucratic, or common. They now distribute to all 50 states and internationally. As of 2010, they produce 30,000 plus barrels per year. They also try to give back to their community by giving proceeds from various beers to the Oregon Coast Aquarium, as well as sponsor local surfing events. The BJCP for a spice, herb, or vegetable beer. You're saying that weird. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you're going to love this one. It's vegetable. It's our old pal variable by style makes an appearance oh yeah the aroma because this is such a kind of a nebulous category the aroma should be variable by style <laughs> the character of the particular spices herbs and or vegetables should be noticeable in the aroma but it can range from subtle to aggressive so very variable quite variable i like an aggressive aroma uh the character should be pleasant supportive not artificial and overpowering it should be a harmonious balance of the ingredients aroma hops yeast byproducts and malt components May not be as noticeable, but this may be intentional, uh, but, depending on the sp- beer in question. By the way, appearance appearance Appear- should be uh, variable by style as well. Uh, yeah, appearance, variable by style. Yeah, uh, Appearance should be appropriate to the base beer being brewed. In this case, we are talking about an ale. <laughs> and ale can vary wildly. It's not necessarily a pale ale. We don't really know what the base beer was, but it's just an ale. That's all we sure. have. So uh, for lighter colored beers with spices, herbs, and or vegetables that ex- exhibit distinctive colors the colors may be noticeable in the beer and possibly the head flavor variable by style <laughs> as of the aroma the distinctive flavor character associated with the particular shvs as the bjcp says should be noticeable and may range in intensity from subtle to aggressive should be balanced uh and 
should not be very artificial and overpowering as so as to overwhelm the beer. So long story short, uh, there's really not a BJCP. Pretty much. Uh, Mouthfeel variable by style. Yeah. <laughs> it may vary depending on the base beer selected as appropriate to that base beer and the overall impressions that should be a harmonious marriage of spices, herbs, and or vegetables and beer. I don't really know how they have commercial examples of this. I mean, yeah. I, guess, I guess they do have vegetable spice beers, but they're also varied. Yeah, so the... Like, you can't specify the ones they're talking about here. Yeah, their commercial examples are the L. Smith Speedway Stout, Founders Breakfast Stout, Young's Double Chocolate Stout, Bell's Java Stout, Breckenridge Vanilla Porter, and the Dogfish Head Punk Nail. Right. Very, well, variable by style. Uh, they're, it's it's quite the... It's the rainbow bridge of beers. It really here. is. I would agree. So it's, it's really something that uh, I don't even know how this gets judged at, um, like, uh, maybe at, at the GABF, but... I'm guessing it's just like, ah, does it taste good? Is it not artificial? Does it represent the particular vegetable? Does that have some good flavor? Okay, it, man. Do you like the pumpkin? That makes your taste buds feel nice? I like that java. That sounds good. Jo- chocolate is good. <laughs> I like a chocolate. Pumpkin tastes good. By the way, that's, my, Col- that's my Colorado accent. I like a chocolate. That tastes good. That tastes good. Yeah. Do you like a spice? <laughs> I like a spice. I guess it's almost like John Travolta from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> pork chops taste good. Pork chops taste good. I like a pork chop. But it's not really. It's, it's like a bad. Enough. It's like no, a no. bad impersonation of that. So based on our history with Rogue, and we can't count the chocolate style because that's not in canon. That's right. the expanded universe. Uh, what are your expectations for the pumpkin patch ale? Uh, based on the brewery, my expectations would be pretty low. Uh, just based on the last beer we had, thinking that could be a pretty cool. Pretty cool little experimental beer. Uh, it was pretty terrible, so my expectations would be a little bit low. But the fact that this is a pumpkin patch ale that is a style that breweries have had some time to get their get their head around, opposed to a donut style beer like they tried before, uh, I expect a little better. I expect this one to be pretty solidly drinkable. I don't know if it'll be as good as some other pumpkin uh, ales we've had, uh, but I expect it to be good. I'll put it that way. Not great, but good. Based on the fact that this beer still exists, and they're one of the pumpkin pioneers in the uh, beer industry, I'm going to guess it's pretty good. Pumpkin Never had pioneers. it. Pioneers. That's right. Pumpkin pioneers. Yeah. I'm going to guess it's a pretty good little beer. We'll see. Yeah, just based on the ratings alone, I'm expecting this to be a decent beer. Uh, beer Advocate gives it an 87 out of 100. Ray Beer gives it 90 overall, 96 in style, which again, how do you rate it in style? Right. Uh, untapped, it gives it a 3.77 out of 5 with almost 40,000 unique reviews. I guess in style, you can give it, you, you know, you can compare it to other pumpkin beers. True, you can't really true. do it just like just the generic spice and vegetable beers, but you could do it in that category. There's, yeah, pe- there's enough beers in that category. You couldn't really compare it to like a Chipotle ale or something. Right. And this one checks in at uh, 6.1% ABV and only 25 IBU, which I would expect. I don't expect this to be a hoppy, a hoppy beer. So, let's get right to it. The aroma. Aroma. I expect it to be spicy. Uh, a lot of a lot of pumpkin with a lot of nutmeg there. Which wow. is not yeah. unexpected. Very pump, pumpkin pie-y. That's a little glass of fall. It's a, a little... It's wearing its own tiny little blazer with its own little uh, patched elbows. It really is. Actually, that's that's pretty pleasant flavor and kind of what I... Or aroma and kind of what I would expect. Kind of reminds me of uh, maybe a Wicks and Sticks candle. Yeah. If you were to go back to 1985, at the Mall of Abilene, Wicks and Sticks. Sure. I mean, Wicks and Sticks might have outlasted 85. I don't know. <laughs> they might have been outside the Mall of Abilene. I don't know. <laughs> they might have been a chain. I don't know. I doubt it. I'm going to say no. But I, I can guarantee you could probably walk into any Bed Bath and or beyond, and you could find a candle that smells exactly like this. But oh, yeah. being the pumpkin pioneers that they are, 
Maybe they, uh, maybe they created that candle. They might have created the candle. Yeah. Maybe they have a pumpkin pioneer candle in their uh, rogue uh, store at the brewery. You don't know. We don't know. We can never know. We're it's not a, allowed in, in rogue premises. It's a pleasant aroma. I'll give it that. It is. It, it definitely has like a spicy, uh, pumpkin-y aroma that you would expect. Um, I know that sounds generic, but that is what it has. And, I, you know, it it fits into the category and actually does deliver what you would expect. So I, I do, I give that a thumb up, but I'm going to go ahead and give it a thumb up. I know we don't normally give aroma anything, any kind of rating, <laughs> but I'm going to give it a thumb up. Cause it's, it's, it is on fleek, as the kids say. But we're also re-examining a brewery that we hated, so right. I feel like i got to give it a little bit of feedback as we go. Mad props so, respect, yeah. So I'm going to say aroma's good. That's a good start. Appearance-wise, uh, poured with a decent head, it receded to absolutely nothing. We're drinking it out of shakers, as they say we should drink it from. They do. Uh, hazy, for sure. Uh, not very carbonated. It's pretty flat overall. Yeah, not a lot of activity going on there. A little bit of lacing, but that's but, about it. There's, and, not, there's not a lot of head, like you said. As the BJCP that note that in appearance, uh, the head formation could be adversely affected by these third-party ingredients. Just like our election is polluted by third-party candidates, you, well, some <laughs> might say, like your Jill Steins or your Gary Johnsons, uh, they can affect your head. So we might have a little bit of Jill Stein here affecting the head and the activity sure. in the beer polluted or do you just need to deal with it and have better policies as a main candidate uh, it might make a better beer in the end we don't know uh <laughs> i'm not saying i i disavow third-party ingredients i'm fine with third party. i'm fine with it but sometimes it sometimes it's more important to to look at the primary ingredients than just throwing in some adjuncts we don't sure. always need to have these adjuncts playing into our beer uh like I'm, i agree I'm, they're needed but yeah. they need sometimes you need to start your adjunct beers at a smaller more localized level and build up to something more like a big macro beer uh you don't need to um you can't just go straight for the macro for we can't just go straight to tossing an adjunct into a sierra nevada pale ale and just expecting it to be good no you need to build up your base of adjuncts <laughs> to where you can be represented well at the uh big beer level but I, feel like I agree. A, I feel like there's a lot of shaded political talk. I don't know what you're talking about. about. I, I'm talking about beer here, sir. I'm not talking about And I'm okay with elections. adjuncts just appearing whenever they want to, as long as there's enough people that like the I'm adjuncts. I'm okay with it, but I also want them to be fully qualified. And some of these adjuncts, ah, uh, they're not really up to snuff, as it were. I'm, I think we need adjuncts in our beer. Yes. And... But I think they need to be well prepared, and they are not quite up to snuff, as it were. I think but, uh, but these adjuncts, I think, are fairly vetted, and not, and they make a they, decent appearance. Uh, some of these adjuncts, yes. I don't know about that. Eh. When some of them are wearing boots on their heads and uh, disagree with civil rights, I don't know. I don't know about those adjuncts in our beer. I don't Does like pumpkin disagree with civil rights. I don't like adjuncts uh, disagreeing with the Civil Rights Act. Not up for that. I you Does know pumpkin disagree with civil rights. I, I don't know. You have to ask the pumpkin. I don't think so. I think you'd have to ask the pumpkin. And, okay. they, I, and you know, the nutmeg kind of goes over the top and says that Osama bin Laden uh, should not have been killed. He should have been brought to trial in the U.S. And that sure. uh, that particular uh, nutmeg, uh, that adjunct, doesn't understand that uh, he would have been a martyr then, and there would have been more terroristic acts. That uh, or she, uh, that that adjunct nutmeg, she needs I, to study up on her uh, how that whole thing works. I feel I feel like you're really putting a lot of thought into what spices and pumpkin think. I'm not doing anything. No, I, I'm talking. I like I'm just, talking about adjuncts and beer. I feel like they just add to the flavor. So I, I do. I agree. It's part of the American quilt of beer. But I, I do, agree. I do think that they, uh, you know, they they need to know that their presence is there and they need to be sure. Heard. Their, their voices need let, to be heard. I you agree. can let everyone decide if they don't like that. Adjunct. I agree. I, I instead look, of just I saying agree. let's not include this adjunct, let's include the adjunct, and then people can say we don't like that adjunct. In every other boil, I would agree. Yes, but in this particular boil, I think we have two main ingredients aside from the water, <laughs> and aside from the yeast. We've got barley and hops. All right. So onto the ale, <laughs> onto the pumpkin patch ale. Enough discussion about making beer. Yeah, exactly. 
Onto the pumpkin ale. Uh, this is we're on a taste already, man. We we're are already on to taste, taste and mouthfeel. Yes. Yeah. I will say that's different than I expected. Good way or bad way? It's not as sweet as I expected. To be honest with you, I really? thought there'd be a little more spice and a little more pumpkin than there is. Uh, it's not. It's not not sweet, but it's a little flatter than I expected. Like just kind of a flat, plain taste, more than. Well, it's definitely flat. I'll give you that. It doesn't pop as much. Like it's not as spicy and as. There's not enough third-party adjuncts in there <laughs> to really bring that out as, as I thought there would be. Or not as many. Uh, I'll put it that way. This uh, is more like the the presidential council on who can actually debate in presidential debates. Right. I feel like they just went with the main ingredients more. And they just like they peppered in the other ones. But they said, nah, you guys don't quite qualify. So we're going to go ahead and go with just the main ingredients. And there's a little bit of the pepper to the others. But it's not really... It's not really there as much as I expected. It's there. It's like it's like I agree with you. It's like the the nutmeg and the pumpkin. Well, the pumpkins are strong, but um, I agree the, the pumpkin's pretty strong, but the it, nutmeg is not as strong as they, I expected. These adjuncts, yeah, it's like they have a they have a say here, right? They're they're in the boil. Right. It's just that they're not up for debate. I right. mean, they they can't be in the debate. Right. The adjuncts are there, right. but they're not going to make it in the debate because they're just there to make their little voices heard. You can definitely taste them. Sure. You definitely hear their voices. But are they going to really have an impact? Uh, that's questionable. That remains to be seen. And this beer, it really just leaves the boil. It's kind of a flat. Uh, not a mess necessarily, but it's kind of just kind of a flat big beer. And I'm comparing this to other, you know, pumpkin ales or, or spiced ales that I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, I think others have, have really brought the adjuncts more to the forefront, which I don't think is a bad thing in this particular style. Well, and I look at this as this is probably a recipe that has not changed much at all since the, they blazed the pumpkin trails back sure. in 17 and 37. They were on the uh, northwest coast. They, you know, Lewis and Clark, they made it to, to Oregon. And they said, where do we go next? Well, we're going to make pumpkin beer. And we're going to start Rogue Ales. We're going to start a pumpkin beer. Sure. And so they did with what they had. They didn't have that many adjuncts. All they had were wild pumpkins. Like, here's the first adjuncts we have, and then they made the ale. Right. And then you're like, okay, that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. But has it advanced? Somebody else came in and said, man, look, if you add this, this, and this, it's good. Like, no, you know. But this is what we make. Yeah, this is what we do. Yeah. This is what we do. We don't vary. We don't try to experiment. That's a new thing. We're not doing the new thing. Maybe the grow your own is better. I don't know. I haven't had it. Sure. But for this base pumpkin patch ale, I will acknowledge it to be, it's a forefather. It's a, it's a blazer. It's a, it's a pumpkin pioneer, as I said earlier. But now, it's, not, it's not great. Um, I will say, I'll tell you this. Uh, the pumpkinator we had uh, last year, it feels like, to me, this beer is the, is the three generations removed uh, relative to the pumpkinator. And probably every other modern pumpkin beer out there, even the pumpkin or the, uh, the sure. other one that uh, Southern Tier makes, the one with the black label. Uh, well, the pumpkin, case, even the pumpkin from Lakewood, or know, that, yeah. Um, which I, I would say it's getting local on your ass there, but yeah, I would know. say this is more akin to the pumpkin from uh, uh, Lakewood than this is any of those other beers. But even that one's sweeter. It is. That it one is. has more spice in it. Um, you know, and I feel like I'm running this down. Uh, it's not. It's not a bad beer. It's really not. It's just. It's a little different than I expected. I think the flat out pumpkin taste is a little more prominent than I'm. Ex- expecting based on more modern versions of this style right um so maybe maybe that's my problem and not their problem but i will say i feel like the pumpkin's really prominent the spice is not very prominent and that's kind of surprising it's a little flat to pumpkiny and then it just it's a little surprising to me that's all ratings ratings go for it well like i said i i feel like this beer is in a category that perhaps uh has passed rogue by a bit maybe um, it's 
look, Rogue didn't do a bad job with this beer. Uh, someone had to do it first. Someone had to be an early contributor to the style. They were an early contributor to the style. And it's a very good baseline to this style. Um, would I include a little more third-party candidate to it? I probably would. I feel like this is a little too mainstream. This has a little too much regular ale. And maybe it has. It doesn't have enough diverse third candidates in it. It has pumpkin. Pumpkin's definitely a player. Uh, but I feel like the spice is a little bit lacking. Uh, I think that the spice would... It would benefit from more spice being prominent. Um, and not not overwhelming, but I think just a little more sugary, sweet taste to it would make this beer really fly, actually. I think if it had that, this would be a really solid beer. As is. Uh, in style, I would say it's maybe a little weaker than it is for itself. Um, I, I would probably, in style, give it a little bit lower rating. But again, we're just rating this based on what it is. So that being said, is it a decent beer on its own? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's not It's not bad. It's it's way above the Lemon Curler. The Lemon Curler can't see this. I uh, can't see this beer. It's so far behind it. But it's not quite what I expected. Um, and again, maybe that's me and not the beer. The more I taste it, the more I like it. But it's still not quite what I had hoped for. Um, so I'm going to give this one... Uh, 3.75 out of 5. Not a bad beer, but not not my favorite pumpkin uh, ale that I've had. To me, this is the Fireman's Four of pumpkin beers. It is not terrible, but kind of standard issue. Uh, I would agree that in this case, this particular boil needed more adjuncts to it. Um, and I feel like it's a bit unfair that we're judging it. We're judging a, a pumpkin pioneer, someone who's got a walker, uh, with tennis balls on the end of it. He drives uh, a giant stretch Cadillac. Um, He's just happy to go out when they take the group yeah, out to like the CVS right. on a normal standard tour. He eats mushy peas He's and like, yogurt. This is great. Yeah. He wears a jumpsuit every day, all day. I feel like it's a little bit unfair to judge our pumpkin pioneer grandfather by that. But it's hard not to when you got the new hotness on the block. And there's a lot in this modern pumpkin age of which everything is pumpkinized. It's hard not to judge grandfather by that standard. <laughs> Uh, so that's where we find ourselves. Now, back in the day, I probably would have given this, uh, let's say, five years ago, back before pumpkin was all the rage, uh, before you had your pumpkin spice lattes and whatnot. I probably would have given this beer probably uh, like a 4.5 out of 5, um, because what I still probably would have detracted on this beer is it's absolutely flat. Right. And um, I've seen on other beers that there's uh, you can still have a lot more carbonation, a little maybe not necessarily head retention, but you can have a lot more play in the tongue with your little funny bubbles. But... This this beer is completely flat. Uh, it's it can't, it's almost like you can't even believe it was poured out of the bottle not yawn fifteen minutes ago. Uh, I think that's a, that's definitely a detriment. And uh, other than that, I don't mean to interrupt your review, but I also just think it's flat in taste. Like there's not a big variety. Yeah, it, it's like a it's like I, I would agree. It's a very evil uh, evil <laughs> even <laughs> playing field of taste. Uh, not a lot of variety there. It's uh, it's your standard two party candidates uh, playing into this beer. And like you said, not a lot of adjuncts, and I think that would have been better served here for that. I think really they should consider revising the recipe at this point, given that it's been a long time since their first recipe, and they have a lot of competition in that field. Five years ago, 4.5 out of 5. Today, October 5th, I'm giving this 3.5 out of 5. Giving us a final score of... Three point six two five. Gotta say, I'm disappointed by our first pumpkin beer of the season. I wait so long to let pumpkin cross my lips, yeah. And this is where we find ourselves. 
and I really wanted to give Rogue another shot. I mean, they're they're not they're not the oldest of old grandfathers, but they're up there. You know, they're they're getting up in their late their late sixties. Yeah, uh, for sure. So I was hoping that Rogue would give us a really solid entry, and they didn't give us a bad entry. No, it's not bad. I mean, it's 3. just kind 5, of three point seven five is not bad. It's just kind of like. Eh, I was hoping yeah. for something in the fours, though. I'll be honest. Like this is a yeah. classic pumpkin beer from right. a classic brewery. I agree. Yep. I think they just need to go back and revise the recipe, much like Stone did with the Arrogant Bastard. They add, came out with the 2.0. Add some more Johnson and Stein, and you'll be better. Who's that? What kind of ingredient is that? That's Man. not a spice. You know what I mean. Well, thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for all your support. If you'd like to contact us, you can email us at brewbloodshow at gmail You can call us four six nine five seven three beer. That's four six nine five seven three two three three seven. If you would do us a favor, leave us a review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it. Five stars would be lovely. You can find us uh, everywhere that fine podcasts can be found. Uh, just go to brewbloods.net. There's links to every every place we can be found on there. Is iTunes, on RSS, iHeartRadio. No, it's not on TV. Not uh, yet. Although we are on YouTube. Yeah, if true. you like uh, videos that are just audio tracks, we're on YouTube. <laughs> you can find us there as well. Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. If you want to see pictures of the beer, definitely Instagram and Snapchats are your, your places to find us. What if they want to see pictures of you? Which is probably <laughs> not. No, nah, that's not going to happen. No, oh, okay. Just, just the butt. Uh, Snapchat, we try, we're going to try to post pictures before the show um, as we're recording about what we're drinking next that we can have kind of have a preview if you're into the Snapchats about what we're drinking. So it's an experiment. We'll see. I know, I know the kids love the Snapchats. I, I know the beer drinking four year olds out there love Snapchat. So. Yeah, and there's a lot of those. That's a pretty good group. They are. All right, we'll catch you guys next week for episode 72 Brew Bloods. For Dustin, I am Mark. For Mark, I'm Dustin. October Probst. Out, go out. <laughs>